now. A very good morning to you. Welcome to the papers with me, Richie Allen, for Valentine's Day. It is the 14th of February, St. Valentine's Day. Happy St. Valentine's Day, if it means anything to you. Miserable old morning here in Salford. It's raining, it's wet, it's dreary. But halfway through Feb, you think we're nearly there. Not long before we wave goodbye to the winter. Hope it's good for you this morning, wherever you happen to be. Let's jump straight into the papers with the front pages. As usual, now I always tell you, even though this is a recorded podcast, it is 6.18 in the morning as I record this. Let's go to the front page of The Guardian. It has a photograph, The Guardian front page. Many of the papers do sport photographs of the radio presenter Steve Wright, who has passed away aged 69. And many of the newspapers carry tributes to Steve Wright from colleagues of his past and present. He's on the front page. Um, Labour in turmoil as party ditches second candidate over Israel views. What's going on? We'll talk about it shortly. That's The Guardian. The Times. Labour in crisis after a second suspension. What's going on? To lose one Labour would-be MP is clumsy. To lose a second? Well, we'll talk more about it in a moment. The I. Starmer fights to limit damage after second candidate rants about Israel. A rant about Israel? What's going on? More momentarily. The Daily Telegraph has a photograph of Camilla, who is honoured somewhere. I have no idea. She is sporting, wearing a robe, a rather fetching red robe with a yellow trim. I don't know if she's receiving some honorary degree somewhere. I've no idea. Labour faces fresh crisis over anti-Israel remarks is the headline on the front page of The Telegraph. There's also a story on the front page of The Telegraph. It reads, Ministers snap up 16,000 rentals for asylum seekers despite housing woes. Ah, the conservative, the alt-right indie media content creators will love that one. One say 16,000 rentals for asylum seekers. The Daily Express. What on earth is Britain coming to is the headline. It is about that headline about Tobias Elwood. Now, Tobias Elwood is a Conservative Party MP. He is. He used to be in the army. Now, this is my opinion, but I believe I can stand it up with evidence. Tobias El- Elwood, in reality, this Tory MP, is a warmongering motherfucking little bastard. That is all he is. I'm sorry for the bad language. This early in the morning, he is a disgusting warmonger. He is rolled out by the Tories, often seen speaking to Kay Burley on Sky and Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk TV, pushing the case for British military intervention overseas, pushing the case for more military spending. He's a scumbag, is Elwood. However, I do not agree with mobs turning up at anybody's home 
threatening anybody or anybody's family. I do not agree with this. I don't like it. There are better ways of dealing with more war-mongering madmen like uh, Tobias Elwood. I suppose you could say he's Britain's answer to Lindsey Graham, right? But don't be turning up at people's houses threatening them. However, it's a bit rich, the Express. What on earth is Britain coming to? Um, The sinister targeting of Elwood by a pro-Palestinian mob at his family home has been condemned as chilling by his fellow MP, Alicia Kearns. She's the head of the Commons Foreign Affairs Committee. It is wrong, but he's a warmongering scumbag. It's all he is, and it's all he'll ever be. As the Daily Star, BBC DJ legend Steve Wright dead at 69 is the headline. Bosses gushing tribute to iconic star they axed after 40 years at the BBC. Late last year, um, Wright was told his time was up at BBC Radio 2. Now, in my opinion, <laughs> he should have been told his time was up several years previously. Uh, Wright, who um, was a bit like Marmite. You might say most TV presenters and radio presenters are like Marmite, but um, right particularly, I never found his brand of comedy particularly funny, but that's just me. Um, But he was a very successful presenter, and uh, uh, the star is saying that basically there's a bit of hypocrisy there, you know, bosses who pushed him out late last year. Uh, The Sun Radio Wonder is the headline, another photograph of Steve Wright. Daily Mail, row over Harry's Royal website rebrand is the headline. And this is about the Sussexes, who apparently are in breach of an agreement they made with the late Queen Elizabeth II. Um, They've relaunched their homepage as Sussex.com and they are being accused of trying to appear more royal, even though they've abandoned the royal family for a life in California, or Beverly Hills, or wherever they live. Uh, A kick, sorry, a click, a click in the teeth for Charles is the headline on the Metro. Same story. Criticism of the Sussexes relaunching their website with royal titles and crests. The guy is apparently fighting cancer. He's apparently been to London to have chemotherapy. I doubt he cares, really. You know, whatever they're doing and whatever they're saying on their website, I doubt it's um, of great interest to him. Financial Times, most NATO members to hit spending goal in Trump containment strategy. Very interesting headline. NATO is expected to announce today that most member states are on track to hit a key defence spending target as the alliance prepares for more Russian aggression and NATO braces itself for the potential re-election of Donald Trump. It's the Daily Mirror then. Finally, the gang organiser is the headline. And this is a story about PC Sharon Beshinevsky, who was murdered several years ago. And it is about the perpetrators of that crime. She was murdered quite a number of years ago, back in the mid-noughties, as far as I remember. Lovely. Those were the front pages. Let's go inside the papers. Now, let's go right inside and have a look. And we'll start with the Daily Mail. Okay, then. You'll spend the night in a cell. 
moment Met Police Officer threatens to arrest Christian gospel preachers who are accused of hate crime. So the Daily Mail runs this story today where it links to a video. This is the digital version of the Mail Online, but the paper, the hard copy of the Mail is also running this story. And it's about a video posted to YouTube where a group of preachers are out preaching. And they can be seen and heard protesting their innocence to officers after a member of the public claimed they had made homophobic comments. The person who is videoing the officers can be seen and heard to say, all we're doing is preaching our religion. We've been preaching about the gospel and Jesus Christ and what the Bible says in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16. For God's love of the world, he gave his one and only son, so that whoever, whatever person, homosexual, drunk, liar or prostitute, believes in him, shall not perish and have everlasting life. However, uh, according to the article, as the preacher continues to ask for clarification regarding the situation, two separate officers threaten to arrest him unless he provided his details. One officer can be heard at the beginning saying, currently there's an allegation of a hate crime, a public order offence, section 4A, and allegations of homophobia. I've not heard anything, says the officer. I'm not saying I've heard anything. Someone has called us. It might be completely untrue or true, says the officer. Now at this point, if I was the preacher, I would have said to the officer, as politely as possible, because I tend to boil with rage inside, you know, when when thinking about such circumstances, dealing with idiots like Claude, telling you that, you know, Section 4, uh, allegations of homophobia, I would suggest to him, without swearing, I would say, well, you go and ask the person who's made the allegation to provide you with some proof and leave me alone. I'm a private citizen. I have no business with you. So if somebody has made an allegation about me, go and ask them to provide you with some proof. Otherwise, piss off and leave me alone. But the preachers continue to argue with this copper. And the copper says, if I do walk away and the victim wants to press charges, I could have failed a potential victim. The officer then threatens the preacher, saying that if you don't give me your name or address, I have grounds to arrest you. Second officer pipes up saying there's been an allegation of a hate crime which has caused alarm or distress in a public space and demanded the preacher provide me your name now or you'll be arrested, spend the night in a cell, we can do it that way. Dystopian Britain. The preachers eventually give their names. According to the Mail Online, I'm 49 and ever since I can remember, I've lived around and about I've been everywhere, I've travelled all over the world and many times at home in Waterford, abroad in the United States, in Spain, um, in the UK, uh, in Central America, when I travel in Central America, I've come across preachers out and about, some of them warning about the dangers of homosexuality and the dangers of drinking alcohol and the dangers of not, um, the dangers of infidelity and all of that, and prostitution and gambling, and how God will smite, will smite us down, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, not anything I particularly believed in, but it never did me any harm. Live and let live, free speech, and all of that. Preachers over there, 
pre- preaching hellfire and brimstone. He's over there. I'll just move over there. I'm passing him anyway. I'm not planning on standing in front of him and listening. This is chilling. And it has echoes, of course, of people praying outside abortion clinics, you know, not necessarily annoying or or, or, or challenging or, or harassing anybody, being told they could be arrested. And this is chilling stuff, isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, I know a lot of gay people. I do. Um, friends and people I've met through the entertainment industry. And I can say this without fear of contradiction. They don't give a fuck about some bloke with a Bible who might be incredibly sincere in his belief, by the way. It must be must be mentioned. They just don't care, really. I'm going to hell, am I? Um, and off they go. So that's the mail. Chilling stuff, eh? Give me your name and address or I'll bring you to the cells and I'll keep you in overnight. Somebody says that you've said something hateful. Crazy stuff. Inside the Guardian. Alaska Pox. Elderly man becomes first known death from virus. Here we go again. Maybe not. Maybe not. An elderly man has died from Alaska Pox. The first known fatality from the recently discovered virus. Alaska Pox. According to Alaskan state health officials. The man lived remotely in the Kenai Peninsula. And he was hospitalised in November last year. And he died last month in January. And this is according to a bulletin posted by public health officials. Now, now, he was undergoing cancer treatment and had a suppressed immune system because of the drugs. Of course he did. Of course he did. He was having chemotherapy, which is killing all the healthy cells in his body in an attempt to kill some some unhealthy cells. It's fucking crazy, really, isn't it? But that's what they do. Suppressed immune system and he was wide open to monkeypox. Sorry, 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 sorry. To Alaska pox, which is known as AKPV. Alaska pox? is related, says the Guardian, to smallpox, to cowpox, and mpox, which must be monkeypox, according to health official symptoms, can include a rash, swollen lymph nodes, and joint or muscle pain. Alaska pox. And the article goes on to talk about, you know, how it's becoming ever more common, is that diseases are being transmitted to humans via animals. As they call these zoonotic, jumping from animals to humans, Tests have found evidence of current or previous infection in several species of small mammals in the Fairbanks area. Now, a lot of listeners listening to this will say, Ah, Richie, we've read about this. We've heard about this from researchers. In the near future, will it be? Will it be that they will begin to cull herds of animals, whether it be animals that are farmed, maybe, you know, claiming that there is a disease, bovine diseases, you know, chicken diseases, uh, foul diseases, foul diseases. And there is a huge danger. So we've got to cull all of these animals while we, while we, while we produce an mRNA jab. Maybe, I don't know. But it's rather sinister. A lot of it in the news lately. A lot of it about diseases that can jump from humans. Sorry, from animals to humans. Uh, there was um, a lot of talk yesterday in the breakfast broadcast media, the breakfast broadcast media, about the return of the bubonic plague. Be afraid, be very afraid. Ridiculous stories. But, you know, I, I mentioned on the Richie Allen show yesterday, there is an element of post-hypnotic suggestion going on here. Kind of preparing people, preparing the ground in people's minds for a future where we are surrounded by all manner of exotic viruses that need to be dealt with. And you need to deal with them. Maybe you need to, you know, ease off on the pet ownership for a while. I don't know. 
So let's talk about the Telegraph lead story then. It's the lead story in many newspapers. McCarthyism is alive and well in the UK. Now you might be fed up of hearing about this and I don't blame you if you are. But this is very important because we are here now. We have arrived at that place in history, that place in time, warned. We were warned for years. I was warned for years, going back 15 years when I began uh, doing this type of programme. Warned by Jordan Maxwell, by Jim Mars. What a man Jim Mars was. Warned about how Orwellianism would reign in the early part of the 21st century. As we approach 2030, listen to this. Starmer faces fresh crisis over anti-Israel remarks. Sir Keir Starmer faces a deepening anti-Semitism crisis after he was forced to take action against a second parliamentary candidate in 24 hours. The Labour leader suspended Graham Jones, who was due to stand in Hindburn, where he was MP until 2019 after it emerged that he referred to fucking Israel at a public meeting and he said that British volunteers in the Israel Defence Forces should be, quote, locked up. Yes, that is what he did. He referred to Israel as fucking Israel. How dare he criticise a foreign government? Um, And then he said British volunteers in the Israel Defence Forces should be locked up. He was pushed into the decision, Starmer was, less than a day after he was forced to remove support for Azhar Ali, his candidate for this month's Rochdale by-election, following an outcry over a string of anti-Semitic remarks made by Mr Ali at the same gathering as it went unchallenged. Yesterday, Starmer insisted his party had changed and vowed to punish any more candidates accused of making similar comments, saying any allegations would be thoroughly investigated. The Telegraph goes on to say he was criticised over his shambolic handling of the crisis and urged to get a grip on anti-Semitism instead of simply playing, quote, racist whack-a-mole. This is fucking terrifying. A Labour candidate referred to another country as fucking Israel. And that maybe British volunteers in the IDF. Now the IDF is committing war crimes in Gaza. So I think it's pretty reasonable to say that anybody who's gone to, to Gaza, who's gone to Israel, picked up a gun for the IDF and has entered Gaza, should be thoroughly investigated when they get home. Maybe they should be arrested. Because war crimes... Ethnic cleansing. You know what they're doing in Gaza? Shall I put it in very simple terms? So they entered Gaza shortly after October 7th. They started bombing the shit out of it. They told the Palestinians, two million of them, get to the south of the country. Go here, go there. They moved them around. They moved them south, they moved them west and south, and they moved them east and south and kept moving them south. Every time they moved the Palestinians on, they bombed, they destroyed, they wrecked the area they had just vacated. That is what they are doing. They're, and they're killing them as well on the way, on the road, right? So they're murdering them. So they get out of this town, right? So they leave the town and then they make the town uninhabitable. The towns will be uninhabitable for maybe 20 years. That's what's going on. 
They forced them into Rafah now, just over a million. They've killed 30, 35,000 Palestinians, most of them women and children. This is what they've done, this evil entity that is known as Israel. It's heinous, it's unimaginable, it's abominable. I can't find the words to describe it that will do it, do it justice. Um, supported, of course, aided financially and morally supported, given moral permission by the governments of the UK, the European Union and the United States of America, who are equally culpable here. Now, a, a would-be Labour MP refers to Israel as fucking Israel and asks the question about the, what should we do with these British people who've gone overseas? He's gone. This is McCarthyism. Somebody tweeted this morning, Gary, I think, in Liverpool, that this is a fait accompli by the Israeli government. You know, it has now become worse. Criticising Israel has now become worse than being a fucking paedophile in the UK. It's astounding, isn't it? A fait accompli, I would say, is absolutely bang on. It's horrendous. No public official in the UK dare now criticise the state of Israel, which is a state, that's all it is. It's a state with, with a government, with a tyrannical government. A government that had been the subject of protests by hundreds of thousands of Israelis before October 7th, because Benjamin Netanyahu is a little Nazi who wanted to completely strip the Supreme Court in Israel of any power to hold the Israeli government to account. He wanted to turn the country into an authoritarian state, effectively. This scumbag, who is raising Palestine to the ground and killing every man, woman and children they can find. And if you say anything about it in the UK now, particularly if you're in public life, you're finished. And here's where I say it's McCarthyism, because the Telegraph and the, basically the, 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 the print media in this country are joining in. The Telegraph is handing names. It's giving names to the Labour Party. The Telegraph has named today Sangam Debonair. What a fucking ridiculous name, right? She's a shadow cabinet minister. And Shabana Mahmoud, two um, shadow cabinet ministers. They are Labour MPs, currently sitting Labour MPs. They've expressed contentious views on Gaza, says the Telegraph. While Afzal Khan, a former shadow minister, previously compared the Israeli government to Nazis. So now you have the print media handing the names of Labour MPs to Labour, saying, look, they've shared contentious views on a foreign state. You must sack them. You must withdraw the whip. Uh, the Telegraph has named Zara Sultana, a left-wing MP, because she liked an anti-Israel social media post last month. I mean, this is unbelievable. This is fucking mental. And it's happening. Nobody's doing anything about it. Israel committing genocide, ethnic cleansing, murdering babies deliberately in 2024. If you breathe a word about Israel, you're gone. I'm stunned. But I leave it there. I understand you're fed up of it. In the Times, Davos Ski Shop refuses to serve Jewish customers. This is wrong. I don't understand this. It makes no sense to me. The genocide and the ethnic cleansing is, is not the blame of, is not the fault of Jewish people. There are Jewish people living in every country in the world. Most of them oppose the Israeli government. Most of them don't want to live in Israel. So why would you not serve Jewish people? It's wrong. 
It is discrimination and there should be some punitive measures or, or, or some fines levied at the shop. Nobody should be embarrassed like that. You walk into a ski shop to buy a pair of skis or to buy a pair of glasses. You should not be turned away because you're a Jewish. It's fucking outrageous. And I mean that. It's wrong. And uh, Swiss authorities are looking into it. And it's quite right. Jewish people have nothing to do with what's going on in Gaza. The Times, we'll stay with the Times briefly. Speaking of Rochdale and this by-election, where, where Azar Ali is standing for Labour, even though Labour has disowned him, because it's too late to change the ballots, right? He's not likely to win now, according to the Times. The Times is declaring George Galloway to be the front-runner. Gaza George Galloway. Galloway has taken to calling himself Gaza George. I've come to fucking despise George Galloway. In fact, I would say I've come to hate him. Because Galloway does what Galloway does, which is use people as a prop for his own ambitions. George Galloway doesn't give a fuck about the people in Gaza. Never has done. He might present some Mickey Mouse internet show where he rants on and on about Israel and Zionism. But really, Galloway is just another fucking truther who uses people, who uses people's plight, who uses their circumstances, the horrible, wretched situation the Palestinians are in, uses them for his own end. Referring to himself as Gaza George Galloway in his campaign literature. They reckon that he's got a great chance, the Times, because um, one third of voters in Rochdale are Muslim. Labour has a 9,600 vote majority. This guy, Azar Ali, instead of standing by his guns and sticking by his criticism of Israel and his allegation that the Israeli government or the Israeli Defence Force knew an attack was imminent and stood aside, instead of standing by it and saying, well, yeah, the circumstances are very suspicious, he bottled it and he apologised. And this might lead to support um, for Galloway, according to the Times. I can't stand Galloway. Just an opportunistic wanker, in my opinion. I know, I know. Let's leave it. It is Valentine's Day. Do you want a romantic story? The Mirror has one. Wealthy widow, 80, dating taxi driver, 24, insists it is real love, despite the 56-year age gap. This is a story out of Tanzania. A couple with more than half a century's age uh, difference have declared their romance to stunned social media followers. What happened was this guy drives a taxi bike and 80-year-old Catherine Thomas in Dar es Salaam in Tanzania, in Tanzania, where there are plenty of taxi bikes. She hailed a taxi bike, did this 80-year-old woman, Catherine uh, Thomas, right? Along came George, George is 24, picked her up and took her on uh, the journey to her destination. But she left a bag in the taxi bike and it had a lot of money in it, nearly £2,000 which is six million Tanzania dollars, I think. I don't know what the currency of Tanzania is. I should know, but I don't know. But what did young George do? He made sure she got it back. The rain was, was very heavy. It was piddling it, piddling it down. He held on to the bag of money. And the following day, he went back to where he picked her up. Um, didn't find her, but worked hard to find her. Found her and gave her the money. Gave her the money, did young George. Fantastic. Two grand, a lot of money for a taxi bike driver. So anyway, she was enamoured by this. She was uh, absolutely delighted, was uh, Catherine. In fact, she'd gone on holiday and didn't realise that she'd left the bag behind her at all. 
So she was amazed by this and she asked him for a date. She asked him, this 80-year-old woman. <laughs> and he said yes. And they're together now despite the raised eyebrows of their families who think that it's a bit outrageous and a bit silly. There's a 50-year age gap that can't possibly last. But good luck to them in any case. It's uh, the Daily Mirror. It's their Valentine's Day story of the day. Let's go back to the Telegraph. You won't believe this one. Navy could make climate change courses compulsory. It is not April 1st. It is February 14th. The Royal Navy is considering introducing compulsory climate change courses for all sailors. (laughs) A leaked briefing paper suggests that all Navy personnel could be forced to attend online training sessions about the impact of climate change on defence. The impact of climate change on defence. I jest you not, dearest listener. Admiral Lord West, the former first sea lord, told the Telegraph he supported the proposals. Wait for it, quote, as long as one does not go stupid, end quote. He says climate change is not more important than fighting the king's enemies. So it has to be done with a balance, he said. However, Andrew Montford, director of the think tank Net Zero Watch, he said that the the Defence Secretary needs to get a grip on the proposals. Net Zero zealots will sacrifice anything and everything to their irrational faith, he said. Wonderful headline. In the Telegraph, Navy could make climate change courses compulsory. There are plenty more stories inside the day's papers, but that's pretty much all I've got time for today. I'm looking at the BBC News website. Is there anything there to tell you about? No, not really. Well, the BBC is reporting this morning. You might have heard me discuss on the Richie Allen show yesterday how a theatre um, was was criticised after a comedian... Um, threatened a Jewish uh, member of of his audience. You might remember this. Uh, a London theatre says a comedian whose gig left Jewish audience members feeling unsafe and threatened will not be invited to perform again. Uh, the comedian was Paul Curry. He whipped out a Palestine flag and encouraged people to stand up in solidarity with Palestine. A couple of people didn't stand up. They were Jewish and they were abused from the stage by this guy, Paul Curry. The theatre in question in Soho, the Soho theatre said, this comedian will not be invited back. I think there's probably a middle ground to be found there. I don't think he should be cancelled. But uh, I don't think anybody should be cancelled. But he shouldn't have done what he'd done and harangued the Jewish members of the audience. That's just my opinion. You have been listening to the papers with me, Richie Allen. It is Wednesday. Do join me later on at four o'clock for Wednesday's Richie Allen Radio Show. If you like, that is, I'm on today. And I have two very interesting guests for you. So join me at four o'clock. In the meantime... You do enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. From me, it's bye for now.